0: Welcome to the Unmasked Life Podcast, a podcast to help you leverage your past, fulfill your purpose, and unmask your potential. And now your host, Matt Manny. Hey, thank you so much for joining me for today's devotional podcast episode. We are in a mini-series right now going through just a couple of quick encouragements from the devotional six days to Sunday, and we are coming in kind of looking at the, the week after Jesus rose from the dead. So it actually lines up with our our actual calendar right now. And so today's devotional is called Never Too Old for Easter, and we're going to kind of look at Mary's story, Thomas's story that we talked about yesterday, and beginning to talk about Peter's story. Join me now for Never Too Old for Easter. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we're going to go with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat and that night they caught nothing. John 21 verse three. Easter baskets were a huge part of my childhood. To say that I don't look forward to Easter baskets from my parents 30 years later would be a totally and unequivocally not true. The same goes for Christmas stockings. I love getting gifts no less than when I was a kid. I don't know that a kid, no matter how old they get, ever stops being their parents' kid. And how I see my parents now is how I saw them in their mid-30s and 40s years ago. I feel like my parents still see me as the 10-year-old hiding spoons behind a dresser. Well, maybe not a 10-year-old, but a child nonetheless. And that's okay, because in other ways, they respect me and trust me. I'm my parents' pastor, so that can get kind of strange as they attend my church and call me pastor, which is weird at times for me, but I don't mind people just calling me Matt, and some people, they need to have a pastor to call pastor, and I get that, but my dad calling me pastor, it just throws me sometimes. I don't think we should ever outgrow the anticipation and innocence of childlike trust and imagination. In his 1952 essay titled, On Three Ways of Writing for Children, The famous author C.S. Lewis put it this way, Critics who treat, quote, adult as a term of approval instead of as a merely descriptive term cannot be adult themselves. To be concerned about being grown up, to admire the grown up because it is grown up, to blush at the suspicion of being childish, these things are the marks of childhood and adolescence. And in childhood and adolescence they are in moderation, healthy symptoms. Young things ought to want to grow, but to carry on into middle life or even into early manhood, this concern about being adult is a mark of really arrested development. When I was 10, I read fairy tales in secret and would have been ashamed if I had been found doing so. Now that I'm 50, I read them openly. When I became a man, I put away childish things, including the fear of childishness, and the desire to be very grown up, end quote. We long to be mature and we criticize those who enjoy life. A person with a sense of humor who likes to tell a story, who sees the best in others, who thinks positively, and who trusts others wouldn't get very far in a job interview. We look at them and laugh. (laughs) They've got to be coming for a rude awakening. I had someone once tell me, when you're older, you'll lose that smile and see things for how they are. I don't ever want to stop smiling. I don't ever want to see things as they are. As soon as the disciples saw things for how, quote, they really are, they stopped following Jesus. Even after the encounters in the upper room, the apostles still floundered wondering what their next step was. Mary needed to hear Jesus' voice, and Thomas needed to hold Jesus' hand. But for Peter, his next step was to go fishing. Peter needed to know everything was okay, and he needed to know Jesus was Still loved him and that he cared for him even after he denied Jesus. John, throughout his take on the life and times of Jesus, captures snapshots of one on one encounters with Jesus, the nighttime talk with Nicodemus, the woman at the well, and Peter at the Sea of Galilee. Peter and his business partners, turned fellow followers of Jesus, along with Thomas and a few other disciples, decide to go fishing. For years, these men We're used to a third shift routine. I don't know if Peter couldn't sleep. I don't know if he was restless and had to do something, anything, even if it meant going back to fishing. But following Jesus wasn't going so hot, so he went back to something he knew he was good at, fishing. This fishing trip is shaping up to be like another certain fishing trip, like bookends on a fireplace mantle. Peter finds himself fishing all night and catching absolutely nothing. He sees someone on the shoreline working, doing something. He can't quite make out what they're doing. It looks like they're cooking, but he can't see who they are. Then he hears the person call to him. How's the fishing going? Are they running? No, not good last night, Peter says. Try tossing your nets on the right side of the boat and see what you come up with, the stranger says. The men oblige the advice of the morning mystery man and as soon as their nets hit the water, the fish appear. Like a rooster's crow, the call of a name or the touch of a scarred hand, the miraculous catch is a cue. Peter knows who their fishing finding friend is. John, who's writing the story, initiates the thought, Peter, it's the Lord. Another way of saying, Peter, Jesus came to get us. He chased us down. He's not done with us. There's more for us to do. It's not over. Not by a long shot. Before anyone can say anything more, Peter dives off the side of the boat and swims the hundred-yard stretch to the shoreline. The rest of the disciples row the boat back to the shore with the catch of fish in tow. The impulsive, overachiever, Christ-proclaimer, water walker, healer, preacher, denier, and tomb raider can't wait to see Jesus. This is is his moment, his shot. Like Mary seeking, where have they laid him, and Thomas refusing to believe until I touched the nail prints in his hands. Peter needed redemption and restoration. He feels so far from grace. He didn't want to end up at the end of the self-induced noose like Judas. He knew he blew it, royally blew it with Jesus. His, quote, I can do it bigger, better, and brighter than anyone else. Life philosophy fell to pieces the night Jesus was arrested and put on trial. I've heard it said that there's something about midlife that causes us to come to the end of our capacity to cope. The mechanisms we engage to get through life, to manipulate, survive, or thrive, begin to wear thin. Flattery won't get us far as it used to. Working harder than everyone else gives way to joint pain and fatigue. Patience begins to run thin. When we used to pride ourselves on how much we could put up with, our competency is not what it used to be when we formerly had complete command of the situation and had all the answers. Critiquing and perfecting life into a manageable, predictable box we could safely control no longer works. And One day, we realize life is more than what we can fit in a box we can manage. There is so much more to life than can be contained in the box we create. Peter's box blew up. His go get hubris almost cost him his life and he's pretty certain it may have cost him a friendship the moment the emotion wears off the emotion that we once had control over begins to seep out we realize the jig is up people don't laugh at our jokes and insincerity anymore we've burned through friends like matches on a fourth of july fireworks display the quote nice guy routine only proves one thing nice guys get nowhere they just come in last place The equality and equal pay we long for in the workplace is just talk. It doesn't matter that you get the same pay as the other employees. What's pay when you don't have any respect from the people you work with? This, my friend, is what we call a midlife crisis. Some experience it early on, others experience it later on in life. Either way, a midlife crisis pushes us to a coming to Jesus moment. We either keep fishing or we dive out of the boat and swim to Jesus. I've come to a place in my life where I'm glad the flattery falls short, the body hurts, and the idealism is cliche, and the moments of spontaneous tears happen. Why? Because under all that, I know there's a heart that hurts but still longs for hope. There's a part of me that can be restored and redeemed. There's a part of you that you can connect your past story to Jesus' new story. The setbacks of anger, abuse, neglect, frustration, fears, and unrealized aspirations can be transformed into comebacks, the flicker of hope is now fueled with roaring fiery courage. When you've hit bottom, no money, no friends, and no place to go. You're at the perfect place and you are a dangerous threat. Why? Because you're up for doing and believing and hoping and following Jesus once again. You're up for anything. You have nothing to lose. You have nothing to prove. You are on fire with passion now. No holding back, no masks to hide behind. You've wrestled with your demons and the night watches and they flee. You see people as people, not prospects or opportunities or even as problems. Everything, and I mean everything, has changed. This is what Jesus does. This is what Jesus was about to do for Peter. Jesus wasn't about to tell Peter what he did wrong. Jesus wasn't about to tell Peter even what to do. Jesus was about to tell Peter who he was. Jesus did it for his followers, and Jesus has done it for you. You just need to know where to look and when to listen. Let's lean in in these last few devotionals to know where to look and what to listen for from Jesus. Hey, thanks so much for joining me for today's devotional. If you enjoyed today's devotional, you can find it in the show notes. You can find a link to Six Days to Sunday. Click on that link, and that will take you to Amazon, where you can go ahead and pick up a copy of that so you can read the rest of the story. And as well, you can go to Manny Resources to find great books, devotionals, and journals to help you grow your faith to change your life. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. Leave a rating and review and even share this with somebody on social media or pass it on to somebody who you believe could use some encouragement to be able to see a comeback from their setback. You've been listening to the Unmasked Life Podcast. Join us next time for more great content that will help you leverage your past, fulfill your purpose, and unmask your potential.